This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today. I'm Chris McCarty. And I'm Robbie Greenfield. And this is the Extra Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Offscript Extra Time. It's myself, Chris McCarty, joined, well, as I always am, by Robbie Greenfield. And tonight, well, we're in conversation with a master of the sweet science. It's Luke Campbell, MBE. We caught up with Luke last week right here in Dubai. A whole host of subjects for us to discuss and unpack. Not least his recent fight with boxing sensation Ryan Garcia. Now, he's a young man with a massive future in the fight game. And a man who, over the past 24 hours, has been talking up a blockbuster bout with none other than Manny Pacquiao. Over the course of the next hour though we focus in on Luke his reflection on that heartbreaking seventh round stoppage to Garcia earlier this month. He analyses the lightweight division for us in a little bit more detail and he delivers a withering put down to any social media influencer out there harbouring ambitions of one day clambering into the square circle. His message don't do it. Settle in then. We've got an Olympic gold medalist in our midst. It's off script extra time. This is off script extra time with Chris and Robbie on Dubai I 103.8. Well, it's Chris and Robbie, and we find ourselves again down here at the Jumeirah at Zabil Sarai. And, well, Rob, we've got, I will say, a friend of the show. Whether he likes it or not, he is a friend of the show. I can't quite believe it's been three and a half years since it we caught up It certainly has. Uh, and what, a, what, what an amazing run it's been for our very special guest, 2012 Olympic boxing gold medalist, Luke Campbell, a man who's been involved in, I'll say it's the fight of the year yeah. so far. I know the year is, is yet young, and it might just be the fight of the year when we get to December. Luke, it's amazing to have you with us here at the beautiful Jumeirah Zabil Sarai and um, enjoying a little bit of R&R. Yes, most definitely. Um, I've been looking forward to this trip for a long time. Um, I, was, uh, I was away for Christmas and New Year, obviously, um, over in America for the fight. So I miss a lot of quality time with the family and, you know, I've been looking forward to coming out here and spending some quality time with them from what, from what I've missed. Yeah, talk to us about what you've gone through over the last few weeks, uh, Luke, if you can, because a remarkable fight. Robbie's already alluded to it. We'll, we'll delve into that in a little bit more detail, but it is also important, you mentioned there, spending time with the family and just, I guess, deconnecting. Have you been in the gym? Have you done anything over the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, I've, I've been in the gym once since I've been here. I was planning on going in the gym this morning, but that's not, <laughs> that's not happened. But, you know, like... All of last year was one long full training camp for me. So, I mean, even in, even in the lockdowns in the UK, I trained every day through them. Um, so I've literally hadn't stopped. So I think my body will appreciate yeah. two to three weeks of rest. And, you know, there's a few of my friends, you know, saying to me, I can't believe you've not been in the gym yet and stuff like that. But it's just, I think my body needs a little rest and, my, and also my mind as yeah. well. Listen, we'll look ahead to what's next for Luke Campbell in just a moment. Be remiss of us not to look back. You've had a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks, and we we're just talking about this off air. How do you reflect upon it, Luke? How do you, and I'm sure you have analysed it, what's the kind of pervading thought that uh, occupies the mind having looked back on it? I mean, um, the fight in itself was a fantastic fight. It was um, a very crowd-pleasing fight. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are in the entertainment business and I've never been in a dull fight. Um, there was a lot of drama in the fight. Um, obviously, the fight didn't go my way. 
um, which I'm, you know, a little bit heartbroken about that because, you know, I put I put everything into what I do. Um, but, you know, the fans was happy, um, and we give a great entertainment, and I guess that's the main result I can I can look at from the fight. And you know, it was, in my opinion, the best lightweights fighting each other. Let's uh, focus on the two moments: the knockdown first that that you that, that you gave him, and the fact that he got back up. I, I mean, what I noticed was when he got back up, and it was an incredible shot that put him down. Yeah. You were you were a, a, you were you were a little reticent to come forward and 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 sort of try to go for the jugular at that point. It, 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 did you sense in the fight that he was still right there and that? Maybe, as as we perceived, you hadn't maybe heard him as badly as as initially you would think, because it was such a big shot. Yeah, um, I have seen a few comments on that, and for me, I am a good finisher, and you know, I'm when when I've when I've smelt blood inside the ring, I've I've always jumped on it, and you know through instinct as well. Mm. Um, but when when he jumped back up. Um, and then I f- my my intentional plan was to jump straight on him, but with my instinct in there, is he was recovered in seconds. So people were saying to me, "Oh, you should have jumped on him." If I'd have jumped on him and been reckless and careless, he could have caught me. You know, he could have caught me with me me going in crazy trying to fi- finish him. Um, you know, and it, and it could have it could have been me that got done in that round. But as a fighter. And not, you, you, you just know, like, it, it, it was alert, it was on. Um, you know if someone's not there or not when I'm in there, because like I say, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a very good finisher and I've always finished my opponents off in, in a good way. But he bounced up from that and he, he was recovered surprisingly very quick. The, the shot he caught you with, it was similar to the, to the one that, Lomachenko caught Linares with it was it was right on the liver. How when when, when you're sort of immobilized by a body shot like that? What, what is it, is it just overwhelming pain? Is it are you winded? Yeah. You know, can you talk us through that? Well, that's never happened to me before. Um, but he kept throwing the shot to the head. So as so I, I, I was protecting the head, and at that moment he he, he whipped it under my elbow and lifted my rib. And the shot itself was fine, and then I stepped back, and then I just—it was like someone had tied my my lungs in a knot, and I just I couldn't breathe, and I I just had to, I had to go down there and try and breathe really, um, and literally that was it. I just couldn't catch my breath. Um, that's never happened to me before, um, but again, you know. I personally thought I, I got up well in, in in time, and the referee just just waved it off instantly, um, which I thought was a little shocked. But you know, I was I was still even when I got up a, a little bit of short of breath. You, you study tape, Luke, and, and you've said it: the two best in the division. Uh, you know, your belief that the two of you and, and you were told to it was a great spectacle. When you study film, you talk to your coaching team, and you talk to people in the fight game about them. Was he better than you expected in that ring standing across from you? Yes. Yeah, he was. He was better than I expected. Um, and I honestly thought as well, once once he felt the power I have, that he, he wouldn't want to know. He'd want to get out there. But, you know, he, he's, he surprised us in a, in a few different ways. 
you have fought, and, and we talked about this off air, you've never shirked a challenge. You've gone to them. You, you've taken on some of the best, and, and Vasily Lomachenko is right up there. And I, and I want to come to that. That was, what, August 2019, I think, yes. you fought Vasily. Took him all the way, 12 rounds. It was a decision in the end for Vasily. When you compare and contrast Vasily and, and Ryan, give us a kind of fighter's breakdown of, of the two of them and, and what kind of strengths they have and, and perhaps some weaknesses that you saw from them both that you think, if I was given another chance, I'd look to exploit them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Garcia, he's a younger man. You know, he's 22 years old. You know, the, the bounce back a little quicker. <laughs> um, his hand speed is obviously quicker. Lemachenko, in general, had much, much better skill, like better footwork. Um, he, was, he was smaller, um, very compact, didn't give nothing away. Garcia had more power in both hands. Um, obviously, sharp hands. He was a taller fighter. Um, you know, left left himself available, open. You know, if, I mean, right up until that shot in the seventh round, literally, if he was watching the fight, regardless of what the scorecards were saying, because they were shocking, regardless of that, watching that fight, there was nothing in that fight whatsoever. And I honestly thought that I was turning, turning the fight my side as the rounds went on because I thought he's getting a l- he could be getting a little bit more sloppy. He's mm-hmm. giving me a few more shots and, I, I, and I'll start nailing him as the fight goes on. But obviously, I, I got it with that shot and, and didn't recover. But, um, yeah, I mean, Lemachenko's skill and his footwork and his judgment of distance is the best I've ever been in with. Um, but obviously, you know, Garcia's quick hands, younger man, can, can punch yeah so I guess I'm just sat here now giving everyone else compliments <laughs> this is extra time Luke, though, went toe-to-toe with one of boxing's newest sensations, the unbeaten 22-year-old American, Ryan Garcia. Now, he, well, he's making as much noise out of the ring as he is in it. He's amassed a huge following of some 8.4 million on Instagram alone. His workouts, well, they are things of legend. His insane hand speed, well, it's got everyone talking in the fight game. He really is a must-follow. But what is he like in person? There is no doubt that he comes across as quite a cocky individual, but as Robbie put it to Luke there seemed to be huge mutual respect between the two fighters before yeah massively um, to be honest with you with, with the the way the fight was going in training camp and the, the media that was around it and things you know and what he was coming out saying this and saying that and I thought oh once we get to the press conference he's going to run his mouth and he's going to be cocky but he wasn't really he was in person he come across different to how we came across on social media. Um, and then obviously after the fight, you know, his family came up to me, he was chatting to his family and it was all really nice. Yeah. It was all really nice. And and Ryan was really nice as well, to be honest, After afterwards. You've got so many in that division. Obviously, Devin Haney, Javonta Davis, Tiafimo, Vasily is obviously there, yourself, mm. Ryan. I mean, it's, it's the best division in boxing, no doubt for quality. I mean, where do you... Where do you map out your route back to, to challenging for, 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 for the biggest honours in that division? Yeah, um, obviously, setback now. I've obviously, it's a setback for myself. I, I'm still up in I'm one of the best lightweights in, in the world. Um, you know, and, and, and there's some other guys in there that are, are being named one of the best lightweights in the world. 
but they have zero CV to go with that. Like, you know, the the, the named one of the best lightweights in the world, but yet they've not fought anybody. You know, the likes of Devin Haney and things like that. I mean, he's still, in my eyes, he's still yet to prove himself at that level and to be known as one of the best lightweights. So it's, it'll be interesting to see to see him in a in a tough fight and to see him fight someone that's that's of that stature, you know, that's that's of that Well just on that quality. Then, someone like a David Haney, is that where you because again I come back to you, you've never shirked one. So is that where you and your team knock on his door and say, Hey, I'm around. You want a test, I'm here for the test. Oh, always, always. But for myself, I think I think I'd like to clean get my record straight with Len, Lenares, a Lenares rematch. I mean I thought I won the first fight. I thought I won the first fight, so again for me it'd have to be. I'd like to clean that record straight with him, and um, and get the victory that I deserve over Lenares. And is that is that from your understanding of, of perhaps conversations that have taken place? Is that something he would be open to? Oh, Lenares is a warrior. He's he's open to any challenges. You know, it's you know you get a few guys in the division that will fight anyone yeah. and go anywhere, um, and he's he's one of them. Um, you know, there's a few of us that, you know, they want easier fights and they don't want to leave their, their hometown to fight and things like that. But the likes of Lanaris, he's, he's a warrior, proving himself and um, he, he loves the challenge. And if you were to set that record straight, which rematch would you relish more out of Lomachenko and Garcia? Um, good question. I mean, they both, they both mean a lot to me. Um, probably both. I don't know. It's hard to just flip the coin and whoever it lands on. You talked about the the, the footwork and, and judging distance. I mean, he's called the Matrix for a reason, and, and there's a lot of mystique. I think it's fair to say around Loma, and you watch the fight, and and you were in the trenches with him. And again, listen, you're the one that's across from him. You're telling us. I mean, who are we at the end of the day? You're saying his range and his footwork is incredible. From a boxing standpoint, when you were studying him, the, the video and the tape of, of Loma, is he even better when you're up close with him? Or is the myth, is the, is the legend in a lot of ways, maybe just cloud it a little bit? Well, what I watched of him um, and what you see of him on YouTube and The Matrix and things yeah. like that, he couldn't do any of that with me. I didn't allow him to do any, any of that, like, any of the skills that you see on the videos, what he's capable of doing, you know, all depends on who you're in there with and, you know, what the the opponent is allowing you to do. Mm. But I took a lot of his tools away from him, really, I believe. Do we see you back in the ring this year? I know, obviously, you, you've said 2020. I mean, you were never out the gym, for goodness sake. No. This is a downtime. This is a time to recalibrate physically, mentally. Do you see yourself back in the ring latter part of this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, now relaxing with the family and, you know, the the idea is just to relax, switch off, get a bit of headspace. Yeah. And then when I go back, start, then start putting the, the pieces of the puzzle back together and, um, and seeing what's there uh, and what I want to do. How do you re... I mean, obviously, there's... You know, taking a loss is part of boxing. You know, it's extremely rare to go through a career unbeaten. But when avenues close off, how do you kind of go, right, it's sort of taking a couple of steps back and I've got to edge my way back up. Mentally, that must be 
really tough? Mentally, it's always tough to, you know, to get take a loss. Um, but then also, you know, it's in a way it's boxing, really. Mm -hmm. You know, the the best of the best get beat at some some point in their careers, and it's just how you. It's it's in diversities when you really know who you are and what you're made of. Does it change your desire to get back in the ring based on whether you're coming off a win or a loss? Is the, is the desire to get back in the ring always consistent? My desire, probably, you've probably got more desire and you're more determined to get back into the ring after a loss because yeah. you're not really thinking, you're not really thinking about when you win, it's great, but you don't, when you win, you don't really go back to the, to the drawing board uh, and have a look at what you can improve on you know and things like that when you win you don't think about that but when you lose you go back to the drawing board and you start thinking what could I do better how can I adapt to do this and stuff like that so I think what so from there you, you you're more determined I think to get back in the ring because you want to you want to correct your mistakes yeah it's interesting that Luke because you know, you've said there that you, you've been hugely successful doing what you've done with your coaching staff, your, your philosophy, your outlook on things. When you take a defeat, is, is it that way? Is it back to the drawing board? Are you changing up the way that you train? Are you adding new components? Are you always looking out for what your competitors are doing, what other boxers are doing, new methods, new methodologies? Is that something that you buy into? Are you a, a real student of, of the, the sweet science? Yeah, um, I would say I'm, I'm definitely a student of, of uh, the sport of boxing. I've been, from the day I've been in it, I've always wanted to be better than I was yesterday. Um, and that, that comes with desire and passion. Yeah. You know, and focus. I've, I've been so dedicated and determined every second I've been in boxing because I've never, I've never been one, one of those persons that wanted to look back saying, oh, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have tried harder, or I wish I'd have been more dedicated because you wear all them stories all the time. Yeah. So for me, as as a person, I've never wanted to look look back with any regret. So I can I can sit here now and proudly say that I don't have any regrets through anything that's gone my way or, or hasn't gone my way in boxing because I always give it a hundred percent, and I can live with myself if I get beat live with myself because I put in 100% I've tried the best I can This is Extra Time Well, we're joined by lightweight boxing star. It's Cool Hand himself. It's a very good friend of the show. It's Luke Campbell. Now, Luke is here in Dubai. He's recovering after his recent bout with Ryan Garcia. That garnered huge attention worldwide. And while the result didn't go Luke's way, he was eventually stopped in the eighth round. As he's already told us this evening, he's far from finished in the fight game. And on that theme, as we continue our exclusive conversation with the Hull fighter, it was put to Luke that when you dedicate yourself to one craft for so long how does one deal with the next few years in terms of goals and the emotion of knowing that your time at the top is inevitably coming to an end yeah I mean boxing it's in my blood you know it's it's something that that I've done the majority of my life um, so it's literally in my DNA that you know I'm a competitor I want to compete Um and I guess that quality will take over in anything I do in, in life. Um, 
you know, that through boxing, I've, I've learned to build them type of qualities where I'm going to work hard in something if I've got passion. You know, I've, I'm going to have that focus, that dedication, that will to win. You know, I can take them qualities and put it into something else if I choose to. Um, and for the likes of myself, it's, I've always wanted to, as I'm going along boxing, I've always wanted to set, set plan, plan B up and plan C up. You know, and I've, I've something I want to go into in that because from, from looking, looking in boxing from a younger age, I've seen these professional boxers uh, from, a, from a young lad struggle with boxing as they get older and, you know, they hit yeah. depression and, you know, they, they start drinking and, and doing other things as well. And I thought, I've never wanted to be one of those guys that, that falls into that category of just because you've finished with boxing, you know, you're going down the wrong path and you're struggling and you get down and things. Um, so I've always wanted to put things in place that I can just shift the focus yeah. to something else and because you know I'm, boxing's given me the life it, it's given me the life I live today which I'm very fortunate for you've got two boys as well Luke three is it three three now yeah three. so we've got we've got a new addition to the family wow okay Four congratulations months Thank three you. boys if yeah. they were to turn around and say dad I want to go down the boxing route You'd celebrate that. You'd encourage um, that. The, I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for for the new edition, but my other two boys—they're they're not interested in boxing. I've tried. <laughs> well, I say I've tried. I haven't tried, but I've, I've took them in the gym. I've done some pads with them. Tried to get them on the running machine, um, and they're, they're not interested yeah. at all. They're not interested. My younger son loves football. Mad on football. Um, and that's his passion, he, he, he loves it. Um, so that's great. M my older son, we, um, you know, like you say, I was just going back to, back to what you said, where you've done boxing for, all you've ever done is one craft for 21 years, 22 years, and it's, it's right, I am. But now, um, me and my oldest son, we just started doing golf lessons. Brilliant. So he's enjoying golf, so I'm doing that with him, doing it together. So yeah, I'm, I'm branching out into a couple of different sports. I'm a, I'm, I'm a football coach. <laughs> I'm a, a golfer, and I'm a boxer now. Brilliant. You need to get to Top Golf, Luke. We'll give them a, a free plug because yeah. that's, that's something that it's just brand new in Dubai. It's definitely well worth your kids would love uh, as well. Some, some of the lads here have been talking about it, awesome. so I'm, I'm I'm well up for going there. Uh, look, I've got to ask you about the fight. I think. Um, the boxing, the wider public is so interested in the, the Battle of Britain, potentially between, uh, between AJ, uh, your fellow 2012 gold medalist, and, and Tyson Fury. I know there's a, maybe a hurdle or two in the way with, with Usyk being a mandatory challenger, but do you see the fight happening this year and, and do you have a view on that fight? Its importance in the kind of grand scheme of boxing, obviously from a British perspective, it's huge. Yeah. And who you would favour? Um. I, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see the fight get made. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? But you know, as 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 a as, as another boxer that always fights the best and you know takes fights and and goes to their back garden to fight the best. You know, for me, I think the fight the best should fight the best. Yeah. Um, I do believe that if there is any heavyweight out there to beat Tyson Fury, it would be Joshua to beat him because, you know, styles make fights. Um, 
But Tyson Fury is, as, and has proved to everybody, he's a hell of a force. Yeah. You know, and the best heavyweight out there with who he's beat on his record. You know, and he's, he's unbeaten. Um, I think it'll be a fantastic fight. That's probably, probably at the moment, by statistics, I'd probably put Tyson Fury a little bit ahead. Mm. But if anyone will beat Tyson Fury, it will be Anthony Joshua. Yeah, we're looking forward but to I, it. I do have to edge Tyson Fury out. Uh, I'm the same. We, we've spoken about it on our radio show so much. And right now, and again, styles make fights. You've said it, Luke. Tyson would start as marginal favourite, but it is interesting listening to you say that AJ would have it. Listen, I'm conscious of time for you. Last one from me anyway. Yep. 2021, it's here. You're obviously reflecting on, on what's going on. Give us, map out the next couple of years. Linares features in there somewhere. But if I was to say to you in three years' time, and we catch up again, maybe in three and a half years' time, you maybe have another son by then as well. Yeah, but no. from a boxing <laughs> standpoint, where, where would you like me. to be? Um... I mean, just on the, on, on the world stage, you know, known as one of the best fighters in the division, you know, known for, for my talent uh, and how good I am in the ring, really. You know, I think like there's that many belts out there now. It's, it's, be getting, it's becoming a joke, really. Like, who's champion? Who isn't champion? The voice there of lightweight boxing star Luke Campbell, and I'm sure you'll agree, down to earth, humble. And very likable as well. There's not a lot of people out there with a bad word to say about Luke Campbell. This is Extra Time. We're in conversation with a lightweight boxing star. It's Luke Campbell, Olympic gold medalist back at the London Games in 2012. And a man who, as we've already heard, well, he's not finished in the fight game by a long shot. Coming up then, his thoughts on, well, social media stars invading the world of boxing. He pulls no punches there. But first, we had to get his thoughts on whether boxing could learn a thing or two from Dana White, the UFC president, whereby it's one division one title and not the current nonsense that we see in boxing which is about 144 belts per division here's Luke's thoughts I do believe there should be there should be one belt yeah and like you say let it's the fans that decide you know not some belt you, you're fighting for a world title against some guy no one's never heard of and it's you win it nobody knows you're a world champion and it's like it's the fans that yeah. that that should decide champ or not. You know, if they want to call you a champ, then they call you a champ or they don't call you a champ. You know, you've got to, for me, it's that you're in the entertainment sport, so you've got to win the fans' respect. And, you know, I, I, I believe that I've, I've won the fans' respect no and I've done that. Last time we spoke to you, Luke, we were talking about Conor McGregor taking on Floyd Mayweather. I'm not going to talk to you about Logan Paul <laughs> taking on Floyd Mayweather because that is... The biggest eye rolling. I mean, that, that's it's one thing Tyson and uh, and Roy Jones Jr. dusting things off, but I, it's become a bit farcical. Is it? You know what? I think they've they've, they've got to be careful crossing that line because I think it's getting a little silly now. You know, and even like I never wanted to see Tyson and, and Jones, two legends, like real boxing legends, fight each other at that age. It's just like you don't want to see a legend like that. And like you see, Evander Holofield coming out wanting to fight 
Glenn McCorry or someone like that. I'm just thinking it's ruining the reputation of boxing. Like these are old guys as well, and it's dangerous for them to get in the ring. And I just think I don't want to see that. I don't really want to see a YouTuber fight the the world's best no. fighter. Like you know, what I mean that's pathetic. I mean you're just paying them mo free money for nothing. Yeah. Like they don't deserve that type of money just because they've got you know. You get real fighters out there that put blood, sweat and tears into it. They're the guys that, you know, should be getting good paydays. Not these guys fighting jokes, you know. There's a YouTuber and a boxer. I respect both of them in both their own crafts. Like, to achieve what they have in on, on the YouTube platform is fantastic in the boxing world. Amazing. But for them to cross together and, and have a fight, I think it's it's becoming a bit of a joke. I completely agree with that, Luke. I completely agree. And can I just ask very quickly, is that the pervading thought amongst many of your fighters? Do you talk to your, your, your peers and, and other boxers? Is that the general thought inside the industry? Yeah, I believe so. From 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 um, the fighters that I've spoke to inside, you know, the boxing world and stuff like that, it's like, you know, they all, they all we all think the same we're, we're in the that same. respect honestly you know, we're the same true sports fans you know the, the, the know that like everybody like an exciting fight is two good fighters fighting each other where no one really where it's 50-50 yeah. no one really knows who's going to win but when you get a YouTuber and the world's best boxer fighting each other it's like where's it's like 100% to zero right yeah like why would you someone want no one wants to see that surely yeah. I, well, that's what that's my opinion. My no, opinion I think you're right. Might not suit everybody else's, yeah. but it's just it's just what I think. Well, you need to keep doing what you're doing, Luke, because it's always ace for us to catch up with you uh, and like Dubai, a, a constant uh, kind of return visitor if you can, because it's always lovely oh, to catch lovely. up with you. I'm excited. Three and a half years, amazingly, since we last caught up. I'm excited for what the next three and a half years has for you before hopefully we catch up again. But listen, Luke Campbell, NBE, let's not forget that either. <laughs> 2012 Olympic champion and a man who has not finished yet in the lightweight division. Thanks, Luke. Well, thank you. Top stuff. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening to the Extra Time Podcast. With myself, Chris McCarty and Robbie Greenfield. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and please do give us a review. This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast.